welcome to Dawson's Critique. I'm Erin Hensley. And I'm Julia Callahan, and we are two former college roommates and current BFFs who have loved Dawson's Creek since episode one first aired on the WB in 1998. Join us for this spoiler-free podcast as we break down one episode every week. We're going to reminisce about our memories of the show and tell you stories of how Dawson's Creek defined our generation. Today we discuss season five, episode 15, Downtown Crossing. Written by Tom Kapanos mm-hmm. and directed by David Petrarca. This originally aired on February 13th, 2002. Oh my God. The so Valentine's, it's the Valentine's Day, Day episode. episode. Wow. That's what a choice. Yeah. That's a choice. <laughs> um, description from Wikipedia. Joey, the only member of the starring cast to appear in this episode, stops at an ATM in the at the eponymous Downtown Crossing shopping district. Nice mm. word, use of the word eponymous yeah, yeah. writer. There, she is held up at gunpoint by a drug dealer and petty criminal who demands her mobile phone and drains her bank account. He explains that he needs to get back into the good graces of his estranged wife who kicked him out for being a drug dealer and petty criminal. That was repetitive. (sighs) Asks Joey for advice on how to do so and demands her coat for use as a gift. As he crosses (laughs) the street waving farewell, he is struck by a moving car. Joey retrieves her possessions and despite the criminal's protest, calls an ambulance. She feels a strange kinship to the man with the man who, like her own father, Mike, is a father turned blue collar crime who turned to blue collar crime. Sorry. Is that a thing? Blue collar crime? I mean, white I collar crime I'm, is, but I don't think. I don't. Blue- I haven't heard of that. Yeah. Okay. Um, at the hospital, she takes custody of an abandoned girl, Sammy, who was called to the hospital with her mother, Grace, because her father is sick. Grace and Joey bond over their turmoils until Grace realizes to her shame that her husband is Joey's assailant. Wishing her husband good riddance, she packs up and leaves, despite Joey's suggestion that Sammy and her father be given a chance to say goodbye. Finally, she, a.k.a. Joey, is called into the mugger's recovery room. He attempts to explain that he is held hostage to his nature, but eventually asks if Joey still loves her father despite all the ways he disappointed her joey admits that she does and the mugger with peace of mind succumbs to his injuries <laughs> outside joey again runs into grace and sammy she lies to sammy that her father has pushed joey out of the way of an oncoming vehicle protecting the memory of their fathers that was not correct english um that terrible description was better than the episode yes <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was still terrible, and watching it, and then also listening to you recount it was very bad, too. Yeah, sorry. Because also, like, someone's takeaway was very different than mine. Uh, uh, Yes, and we're going to get into that. (laughs) Uh, But we're going to do History's Mysteries. Mm -hmm. Also, shout out to the couple of people on Twitter who've told me how much they love History's Mysteries. That makes me very warm and fuzzy inside. that's exciting. I'm a history nerd, and Mm -hmm. I think that not everyone is. (laughs) (laughs) I know you are. (laughs) Um, It's one of the reasons why we're friends. (laughs) Okay, so February 12th, 2002, the trial of Slobodan Milosevic, Mm. the former president of Yugoslavia, begins at the International Criminal Tribunal for the former Yugoslavia in The Hague. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised it doesn't say the former president of the former Yugoslavia. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's the accurate. I know, yeah. Yeah. Um, February 12, 2002, the U.S. Secretary of Energy makes the decision that Yucca Mountain is suitable to be the United States nuclear repository. Mm. Do you remember back in time when we didn't know our secretaries? Mm. I mean, was it better... Was it a better time? I don't... I'm not going to, like, 
meditate on that, yeah. but I just remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't tell you who the secretary of energy was <laughs> under George W. Bush. Mm-mm. Um, February 13th, 2002, Queen Elizabeth II gives former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani Mm -hmm. an honorary knighthood. How's that looking now, girl? (laughs) It's looking like a big mistake. I wonder if she took it away from him. Why? No, her son is a... I know, is a fucking rapist. Yes. A child rapist. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Um, For for 9-11... <laughs> but like oh right because actually like, um 9-11 was the largest terrorist attack for british citizens too oh more brit or yeah a lot of know. british citizens died. yeah or, i don't know if it was uk or britain i i can't speak about that but mm. yeah a, it was the largest terrorist attack hmm. yeah interesting and finally hmm. the best one okay february 15th uh-huh. 2002 my half birthday aaron's half birthday uh-huh but more importantly i'm so sorry my friend <laughs> the shonda rhimes penned film crossroads, crossroads opens oh my god starring britney spears and we saw it i you saw it with peter i you saw didn't it with go? jules oh i thought you were with us no because you were in orange county no you weren't no oh then i did see it with you yeah i thought I, you were in orange county when you said it was the hollow or the valentine's day episode i was like oh my god i remember what i was doing on valentine's day in the dorms oh, yeah i remember too <laughs> i'm not gonna say it though starring britney spears zoe saldana tamron manning mm-hmm. justin long yeah dan Aykroyd, and kim cattrall i remember it well mm. also beverly johnson cool modi and dave gruber allen all make appear guest mm-hmm. appearances mm-hmm. A fucking classic. It's amazing. It was a box office success, mm-hmm. taking in $61.1 million, mm-hmm. but critically ill-received, and those people were wrong. Well, who are critics? I know. White men. I know. Film critics. They can't jump, nor can they write film, film critiques. Um, number one movie. Not, not sadly, not Crossroads. Yeah. <laughs> um, collateral Damage with Jamie Foxx. Schwarzenegger. Oh, I think that's just collateral. Oh, okay, okay. Um, number one song, yet again, you got a bad by Usher. Great, I mean, love it. Debuting at number sixty-eight, "What's Love" by Fat Joe, featuring love Jaw Rule and Ashanti. That song is so good. I mean, ooh, yeah, ooh, ooh. yeah, uh, just like such a banger. I know, it really is. Yeah. Ashanti, Ashanti, God. what a mood. <laughs> Seriously, hold, hold on to that. Uh-huh. Also debuting at number seventy-eight is "Foolish" mm, by Ashanti, yep. which mm-hmm. fucking laughs. Yep. Two thousand two was Ashanti. Yeah. It really was. Yeah, she's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, that's okay. So, so I, I have said this before. We are not going to do a, a beat by beat episode breakdown. Okay. This episode is not worth it. Ugh. It's so bad. It really was. I was like, enter in with like a positive mind, mm-hmm. like, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. And like, you know, uh, Julie and I talked about it before we started recording. And the thing is, it's so obviously written by a man. So you know? obviously, yeah. So, like, I do want to say, like, every time I complain about what Joey does, I just, like, I'm not victim blaming. I'm writer blaming, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because, like, she doesn't scream once. She doesn't scream once. She doesn't once. try to run away once. And She like, does try to run away once. She oh, kicks okay. him. She kicks him okay. at one point. Like, the the times she's with her attacker are so prolonged in a way in which only a man would write. 
it's the engagement for me. Mm-hmm. I like I can see not screaming. Mm-hmm. I can see I can see not I mean, I can even see not like running, although right. she like she does try it at one point, and then he tackles her in like a very violent way. Yes. And um in a way that you can totally see that it's a stunt. <laughs> <laughs> and then like but like she she never there's this like way in which she continues to engage mm-hmm. with him rather than I think as basically any woman will tell you because we've all been in situations that are scary mm-hmm. um you there's a way in which sometimes you just shut down and like are like I just want this to be over and I'm gonna do whatever it takes yeah. for this to be over as soon as possible mm-hmm. and I didn't see that. I, it's like she's bantering with him at certain points. Yeah, no, totally. And it's a, like that. I don't know if you follow. There was this like it's fucked up. But there was this big case that happened in Spain where like there was a gang rape of a, of a young girl. And um, and it wasn't classified as rape because of the video. She didn't fight back. There's video. Mm. OK. And in order for it to be rape in in Spain, it you have to fight back. Wow. And that's such like male writing yeah. laws. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's like, well, obviously, if she didn't want it, she would fight back. And you're like, no, mm, sometimes you will shut down, you know, a lot and of so, times. Yeah. Like, you know, like um, so there's this like common pervasive idea of like the way women should be, the way girls should act, like the way dudes behave, you know, and stuff like that. So like. And, like, you see that in this episode of it's, like, this idea of, like, well, Joey, she's so strong. She's going to banter with this guy who has a gun. Yeah, like, can I actually, I want to say, like, trigger warning for this whole episode that, like, there is a lot of violence Mm -hmm. in it. And, like, if you need to skip this one, by all means. Go for it. It's terrible. By all means. It's and we're never it's not canon apparently. We're never really going to talk about this, like, really violent event that happens to Joey. So you don't even need to know it. Right, because, and and I know we're a spoiler-free podcast, but I, it, it doesn't, like, they talk about it in the next episode, and then they never speak of it again. And so I, and that, I think, to me, is, like, maybe even worse than mm-hmm. the episode itself. The fact that, like, not that it's just, like, oh, I mm-hmm. guess we're done with that. Mm-hmm. And, like, so my thing is, like, Part of what's I tried to dissect, dissect what was bad about this episode. Okay. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. But I was thinking, like, it's kind of just nonsense, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's hard to believe any of this happens the way it does. Yeah. Like, you already have to suspend disbelief so much that, like, there's no one on the street. <laughs> I, okay. <laughs> so I looked, so Gabby and Zoe, when we were talking to them, uh-huh. um, we kind of mentioned that we were about to do this episode. Yeah. And, and Gabby was like, or Zoe was like, oh yeah, downtown crossing in Boston. Like it's, mm-hmm. an, she like said it was a neighborhood and I was like, oh, I didn't like, we didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that it was a neighborhood in Boston. So then I Googled it mm-hmm. and I looked at where it was and I was like, oh, like I, I don't know Boston super well, but I yeah. know it well enough to know where downtown, like yeah, when I yeah. saw the map, I was like, oh, it's right next to Boston common. It's yeah. like right there. I was like, no way in hell would it be this empty for this long. I don't care what, like, it's not supposed to be like three in the morning well that's the thing that's weird if they at least had said like oh it's four in the morning past bars closing yeah then maybe you we don't see a single car or person walking on the street yeah until uh, the first car we see hits the rock the robber (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, that did happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so like that part, you're supposed to be like, wait, what's happening? Like, and why does Joey going to the ATM at all? She is going to get $20 to like, I don't know. Cause she's getting on the T to go see her professor boyfriend person. Thing. Okay. So we're supposed to imagine the T doesn't take credit cards. Did it at that point? I mean, yeah, the answer is yes. But. I mean, like, but $20, you still need to break that $20. Like, the so, bus driver is giving you change. So there's a lot of, like, hoops you have to jump through, even for the premise of this really violent act against Joey. I agree with you. I agree with you. And I think that, like, the, I think that, like, the the fact that, like, none of this, there's, like, seemingly no logic to this episode, mm-hmm. and yet I have to watch this mm-hmm. violent, this violent act, and then, like the i mean my notes are in chronological order so we'll go in chronological order we're just not going to go beat by beat like i i told aaron before i usually take like 12 to 15 pages of notes i took six pages of notes. i was like (laughs) i have almost nothing to say yeah um and like so my thing is like i think this episode and and i just have to take it on its face value of like where this episode pointed us was Mm -hmm. that joey is thinking about mike potter she's thinking about her dad right and, like, to get us back to that headspace, like, I, I'm not sure why this is what we needed. Like, mm-hmm. couldn't she just be thinking about her dad? Right. Like, Dawson's dad just died. Could or that-, that she has to be all alone. Like, don't don't you wish that, like, there were, A, more characters in this episode, obviously. But, like, she could have had, like, a conversation with Audrey of, like, God, it's so weird in Cape Side, everyone knew my dad was a drug dealer, but now in Worthington, no one knows, no one knows that, that. And I get to like reinvent the who my dad is. Yeah. You know? Which or would like, be such a struggle of like, whoa, like so do is my dad only a drug dealer or is he like gone for like you know, like what what would you do with that? That would feel so hard and compelling in the, in a lot of ways for an 18-year-old of like my whole life I was always known as the person who had a drug dealer in jail dad and now I could just be like my dad's dead or my dad's gone or like my dad's in, you know, anything. Like she says to Anderson he's in pharmaceuticals so she could still yeah. say that, you know, um, which would be like an interesting way to like kind of put this storyline of like her reimagining her relationship with her father or what that means to her instead of this like back in the forefront yeah weird thing that we have to go through right right and I also think that like there's this way in which like you can just think about your dad sometimes (laughs) I don't know so yeah I I, I'm I I struggle to find the point of this episode totally Um, and um, my other note is just literally the only good thing about it is that Mercedes McNabb, a.k.a. Harmony from Buffy. She's in Adam's Family Values. Also Adam's Family <laughs> Values. That she's in it. Yeah. Which That's I didn't like, remember. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. I was like, all right, Mercedes McNabb. I could be the victim for your whole life. <laughs> for your whole life. Shit's I just watched that so the other day. funny. God, so good. Yeah. That's my Thanksgiving movie. So I've got, you know, four weeks. Yeah. For that i watched it i watched it when i was in sacramento amazing um so i i just like as just to put us into a little context as we like mentioned in the last episode it picks up exactly where it left off mm-hmm. right so it, you know the last episode she's walking from the film set and she does the whole like pitching yeah. and like hits a snowball against a sign right. and then like is walking she's supposed to be humming 
the tune close to you mm-hmm. by the carpenters mm-hmm. um but i guess they don't have those rights so now she's not humming it um don't worry i have a big rant about that song later that's dark <laughs> yeah. yeah and then i i was saying like as i was watching this i was trying to put myself in the headspace of like where i probably was when i had never seen it before Mm -hmm. like not knowing that this episode was going to be katie holmes only yeah did we know that by the no and um we watched i watched the preview Mm -hmm. and like it's only her but that doesn't mean anything because like that would have been common yeah 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 you know um i don't like remember knowing it would only be her i don't remember that either I I will say the opening, like the sense of dread you get when you see him kind of like outside, like it's actually legit scary. Very scary. Yeah. Yeah. She goes to an ATM and, and you see like a shadowy figure and you're, and it's very dark. And he like jiggles the door a little bit. It's very scary. But she's on the cell phone. So like. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Talking to Professor Wilder, who like finally point to my point I was making that she like has made out with him and still calls him Professor Wilder. He's like, call me David. Yeah, and she's like, oh, okay, oh, okay. that feels weird. And you're like, yes, because you shouldn't be with this person. <laughs> yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, I my note was like that Katie Holmes plays panicked but trying to stay calm very well. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think that like going back to your point about that this is like clearly written by a man. Yeah. It's like so much of this, I agree with you. I mean, I agree with yeah. you hundred percent, but yeah. like so much of this, it's like you watch Katie Holmes, a, a woman yeah. play this, like a woman mm-hmm. who has probably had scary experiences. Yeah. Haven't we all? Yeah. And like you, so you feel that, mm-hmm. but then like she has to banter with him. Cause like the, cause like this is my problem is that this mugger starts being chatty in this like very Dawson's creaky kind I of know, way. And it's so interesting because also we find out he's like on heroin, which isn't a chatty drug. No, that's not. I just before, can we just talk about the opening credits? A hundred percent. The opening title sequence, I, my my note is, is the most fucking extra thing ever. Mine's LOL, the special credits, I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> so if you haven't seen it, it's just like... It's like clouds. Cloudy, black, <laughs> like sky, and then not the song no and then just like everyone's name even though i mean i know they have to put the names up but like even though none of them are in it it's so weird yeah (sighs) okay and so my my first bone is that joey answers this man's questions like like, answers them instead of a yes or no i know it's so weird like she tells him she goes to worthington and he's like kind of doing this like bad Christian Slater and Heather's kind yeah. of like vibe. And like, and then it's sh- weird because like, you know, speaking to the writer, like you can tell it's written by a man is like when we were in the van, we were in Wy- in um, Montana and we made an ill-fated decision to get in a hip camp where it was like, turn right. And it didn't say at the like Trump, you know, Biden's not my president sign, 10 commandments on there. And this guy who was the host of this camp was like just a real, you know, wild person that was telling us very fucked up stories and, you know, trying to proselytize to us about, you know, a COVID denier or whatever. And my fiance was like engaging with him. And I just cleared my throat and was like, oh, we're we're busy. And like, I was so mad at him. I was like, why are you engaging? Like, these are yes or no questions. Like, you know, he's like, well, I just was trying to be nice. And I was like, "Mm, no, no, Mm -mm. don't be nice. 
yes or no get that guy the fuck out of here are we gonna leave now like yeah. you know like and that's like a very different experience like if i'd been with you we'd been like Mm, no mm. we would have given each other one side mm. eye and been like how do we get yeah out of this we wouldn't even have been like yes or no we'd be like you know because uh-huh. that's how like it's a different vibe where you're like mm, no yeah mm, 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 thanks mm, thanks sir mm, yeah mm, mm. no yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um and so, like, yeah, because I, I was thinking a lot about Joey lying in this episode mm-hmm. and, like, when she employs lies yeah. and the truth because, like, I mean, we'll get to the lies at the end, the, the, the doozies. <sighs> but, like, she lies to him about having a cell phone when he, he tries yeah. to rob her of yeah. her cell phone. But then she, like, tells him she goes to Worthington and she right. tells him her name is Joey. And she tells him she's not rich. Yes, and so I'm just like, what's the, what's what the game it? plan? I know. Here? I don't know. And it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Because like, yes, they make you sit through her bantering with someone with a gun. And again, I'm not victim blaming, but it's just like. Well, I, there's no way in hell this is the conversation that would happen. No. Someone has a gun and you're like. Like, kind of, like, prodding at them a little bit. Yeah. And, like, in a different context, like, this is how Joey flirts. Yes, I know. When I was explaining it to my fiancé, he was like, so she, they were flirting, and I said what happened. He's like, oh, they're flirting. And I was like, I mean, I like, guess. Not really, like, but, like. It's, like, it's a, it, it is how she flirts, for sure. But this is how we've seen her flirt. Yeah. And, and that is no way saying that she's flirting with this no, person. No, and, yeah. and I was like, well, she's not flirting with him, and that's, like, more highlighting, like, how flirting is, like, more about body language and, like, these, like, yeah. these things we don't have words for yet, yeah. like, these undescribable things. Um, but it if you read it on paper, you'd be like, oh, are they flirting? Yeah, like what's happening? Yeah. And that's like that is in particular was very difficult to swallow. I agree. Because like this person has a gun and is committing an act of violence against her. So to see the same, like again, written on paper, it would look like flirting. So the writers wrote it in the same way. And to see that was very hard. Very hard. I agree with you. You know? Yeah. And he like <laughs> it's funny because he i remember specific i haven't seen this episode since 2003 probably since it was like on tbs and we did our big like rewatch like you know and i've done some rewatches with friends but like sometimes i'll be like i'm gonna bounce out of that one you know because i I don't need to see that um uh but i remember him taking her to the atm to get all of her money out of the savings Uh for two reasons or mainly for one reason that I remember it was that uh I was like that's why you got to put a limit on your ATM card and I since this day I've always been like Mm-mm, 300 bucks maximum yeah. you know for if someone tells you like take the money out it's like ooh, the bank won't let me do 300 dollars even yeah, more yeah, than yeah. that you know um like I like that definitely left a mark on me it's like wait she doesn't have a limit on her ATM because yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. my dad telling me to do that uh-huh. and then like I was like also ATMs have cameras and I have I did get a screen grab because there is a legit camera just shining on both pointing at you can see it it's like uh okay this is not well thought out okay also I will say at one point he says when he's like because he like tries to get her money and she gives him the 20 Mm dollars that she just got out of the ATM yeah and he's like you only got 20 and then he's like don't you have one of those check cards that are all the rage these days Mm. and I was like oh my god that shit was new back then like a check card like 
like you used to have a debit card that like you took money out of the ATM, but you weren't uh, like paying with that. Oh. You weren't like paying at like well, the a debit store. card is paying. So you're talking about an ATM card versus a debit card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Mm. So debit cards are like we or check cards as we called them at the mm. time. They were new. Mm. Like that was like a new thing. Is it? Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh. It was. I mean, I remember my whole childhood. Like you could, my mom. She, she you would go to the as she would call it at the time the versateller mm. and like you got money you got cash and then paid everything with cash you weren't like using a debit card this was like pretty new technology mm. at this point mm. so um i mean another thing i'm happy she kicks him like she kicked the guy in four stories like at least that's continuity yeah but like i don't i, don't, I but yeah um it's like so then we find out that he's a drug dealer. Yeah. And like, so this is 2002. Two. And like currently right now I'm watching Dope Sick, which is, is talking about how like fucked up the yeah. Sackler family is. And, and I'm reading Empire of Pain, which is doing the same thing. Yeah. yeah. And like America on the whole, where like, you know, we created this idea of like legitimate pain and then drug addicts like uh-huh. and like pitted them against each other uh-huh. when it's like well if they're all using hair you know opioids every day they're all addicts you know yeah and they also all legitimately have pain you know yeah. so like creating this binary and like moralizing drug usage has been a problem throughout history history and particularly america we know that the war on drugs is racist we know the reason why marijuana is illegal is because of racism so yeah we know all of these things you know and so like watching where they like kind of drop it in like oh i'm a drug dealer and then you know we find out like he also uses heroin like so it, it's to further moralize him of like what a bad person uh, right, right right what a bad guy when we know you know, we don't know why he uses drugs, but we know now currently that people were given by a person with a medical degree drugs, drugs, addictive drugs, and addictive drugs, and then became addicted. Yeah. And then the response to that addiction was like, "Ooh, psych, you can't use it anymore. You're a drug addict. And we're going to like, you know, make you steal $500 or whatever. We created this system that is so fucking fucked up. Yeah. And like, you know, and then moralize it on top of that. Right. And like, but it's interesting too, what you're saying about moralization, because I think like they actually do allow this guy to be a little complicated towards Mm -hmm. the end. Like, like I'm not, I'm trying to, I don't think that I have a lot of sympathy for him, but like, I think I have a sympathy for his drug addiction. I have a sympathy for his drug addiction, but like, I think the show wants you to like have like a sympathy towards him Mm -hmm. in a way. And we'll get there towards the end but like there's this part of me that's like okay that's fine like Mm -hmm. but like you allow this guy to be complicated but like no one but like jen can't be like yeah quote a slut and also or joey can't be complicated she has to always be a good girl right 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 that too um i will say one of my notes is that at one point during their banter this man asks her if she's a virgin and i literally screamed in the middle of my apartment <laughs> no, i couldn't believe that happened. i screamed Aaron. i know i like i was oh like my oh my fucking god <laughs> oh god and it doesn't go anywhere there's like there's no, no answer there's no point to this <laughs> like it goes nowhere they go from that to talking about no, Hitler, Hitler and Ava Braun. 
What the fuck? That is literally what I said. Oh, God, he asks, is he a virgin? Oh, and she brings up Hitler. <laughs> okay. I mean, what is this? Oh, my God. What is this? I don't Why know. Would, how are those two things going in the same? I don't know. And, <sighs> like, yeah. And, like, Hitler's a monster. Like, fucked up. Sure. But the fact that it's always, like, brought up in this capacity is so fucking dark. It's like Andrew Jackson had a wife, and he murdered he, millions genocide of, as well yes don't indigenous worry. people and we have to look at him every day on our 20 dollars bills yeah don't worry we have genocidal maniacs in this well i mean our country's history yeah as and well. that's the like you know like and again i'm not apologizing no, no, for no, no, any no, 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 behavior no. but i'm just saying like the like we always siloed this one like, he was the worst ever and like he was the worst ever is a category yeah, it's a tear. Yes. <laughs> it's like Stalin killed 20 million people, including 6 million Ukrainians. Right. You know, Pol Pot, hello. <laughs> like, there's a lot of them. What They're the all fuck? bad. Yeah. They're all bad. Oh yeah. my God. And we have to be like, and Committing you can believe. Genocide is and can bad. you believe a woman loved him? <laughs> it's like, what yeah, the can, fuck is happening? Yeah, women are not excluded from being monstrous. I like, mean, Joey has made us like have to follow her weird obsession with Dawson again not making any connections <laughs> with her at all <laughs> at all but it's just like this weird complicated thing of like can you believe and then on top of that can you believe a woman loved this person and you're like oh my god oh my what kind of woman hating shit is that well I just it's like not even that it's like what like what the fuck does that have to do with anything exactly <laughs> that's what I mean it's like that is women hating it's like being like that has nothing to do with what you're talking about yeah exactly and now we're bringing a woman into this conversation situation we brought hitler in we brought your virginity in and now this woman in like can we not can we just not yeah and i can't tell for like joey's so smart she knows who like hitler and ava braun are yeah like she knows who hitler's like girlfriend (laughs) slash wife slash we don't know whatever whatever. like okay whatever and like and then right (laughs) after that even though we have yet to see a single person on the sidewalk, on the street, a single car go by. Well, wait, he gets wait, wait, wait. hit by a car. Yeah, he does get hit by a car when he's like taunting her. Mm-hmm. But at some point before that, she like gives him dating advice. Like he asks oh, her yeah, for yeah, advice yeah. with his wife. That's how Hitler comes up. Yeah. And, he, and she's like, well, you could like she gives him actual advice. I don't even remember what it is. And I didn't write I it didn't down because it it's not important. But like. What am I watching, Aaron? I he don't takes know. her coat. He takes her coat. He takes one of her great coats of Joey Potter. <laughs> the whole thing is like bizarre as, as violence is, you know. Totally. And there's this part of me that's like So the coat thing felt legitimate where it's like sure. she's literally left with nothing. She has no money, no coat, no phone. No phone. Yeah. You know. But if she had left this scene of getting robbed and then we saw her like processing this with her friends. Yes. Her mugger and like this mugger brought up feelings of her dad. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. Yeah, if we had heard her like talk it out of like my dad was. We don't know if her drug, dad was a drug addict. Like I've always maintained that. We don't know. We that. don't know. He, we first learned he's selling weed and it's not really habit forming in the way in which we describe the word drug addict, yeah. you know, um, it's like caffeine, you know, or nicotine or something yeah, like that, yeah. um, which are addictions. If Two things that I'm that. addicted to. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, but that's what not I mean that is I we create these, one of those anymore, but we create this, this, I, you know, idea of what an addiction 
Ben is, yeah. you know, and somehow we draw the line at like <laughs> caffeine and nicotine and sugar or whatever. Like, totally. And alcohol. Yeah. 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 And so I think like there's this part of me that's like as bad as the banter is and it's very bad. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. If we had then gone to joey processing processing it. it with like audrey with dawson with jen with mm-hmm. with pacey whoever or realizing Jack. she had no one to call or realizing like, that realizing she- that like audrey's with pacey now and jen and her aren't on the goodest best terms and then and then you know dawson's like oh i i'm with jen right now or i'm or like, like shooting this movie still, yeah i'm and still like, filming the movie yeah, and then like and then Jack jack's being like, like drunk with his friends on yeah. his like you know destructive journey he's on and like how complicated that would have been and her like you know feeling like oh maybe i need more friends or something like that totally then i would have forgiven the mm-hmm. fact that that was the clunkiest shit i've ever fucking right. seen right but that's gonna, not what happens it's gonna go on because as aaron said a car comes out of nowhere and hits this man yeah and then we go to commercial. It's very violent. Oh, and we see it. Like, we see it hit him. We see yeah. him, like, smash the windshield, fly off. The car commits a, 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 hit a felony. And run. Yeah. <laughs> a hit and run. Wow. And and just that's never spoken of again. No, and it yeah, the whole thing is very bizarre. That right. part where you're like, he's standing in the road, like, you know, talking shit to Joey. So like, it's not like he pops out. Like, I don't know. Like the driver, he's just standing. He's there. standing there. Like, it's not like a like the driver would have seen him. You know, I, here's and like what I will give them is that. And please come for me, Boston people. Mm-hmm. Boston drivers are the worst drivers in the United States. Oh, okay. Terrible. Just okay. simply terrible. Um, and I'm happy to take flack for that. But <laughs> I stand by that assessment. I've yeah. been to a lot of the U.S. I Boston mean, the thing is, is terrible. Like, driving is a culture. So yeah. if you're from there, it doesn't feel bad. But like for an outsider. A lot of people that I know from Boston will admit that Boston okay. drivers are kind of the worst. But I just mean like, yeah, for an, from that's where we're coming from, where it's like culturally there's an acceptability. Like yeah. it, we live in a desert in L.A. So like driving in the rain is a very different experience because like sure. it's a desert. So like we don't get that much rain, which means the roads are slicked with oil. And then people come from places where it rains a lot and they're like, you all don't know how to drive in the rain. I'm like, actually, you don't know how to drive in the L.A. rain. Yeah. And I'm just going to be straight up with you. <laughs> Also, you, there's, there's you don't no know what reflectors you're doing. on the fucking lane. So you, you don't know what you're doing. You're, going sometimes. you're the wild yeah. one, you yeah. know. Um, so, yeah, but it, it is like a very wild experience. And so but so they keep fighting when this man is on the ground. Like at first she thinks he's yes, dead. Yes. And he talks about X. And I was like, LOL. Everybody called it X. X. I do remember <laughs> that. Like the, he, at first he passes out. Then she's like trying to get his her phone back. And mm-hmm. he like wakes up. Yeah. And like And again, like, I'm not victim blaming, but it's hard to imagine you would go and get your stuff from a body of someone who had a gun and was like using it against you. I agree with you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm I would walk to the nearest payphone, dial nine one one. I at that point would start yelling, There's all these houses nearby. I mean You know what the I mean? The fact that not a soul has been shown yet. Yeah. Like that he didn't even like at one point he pulls her aside. But not because there's anyone there. Yeah. Like, it's just like he's on, he's passed out on in the middle of the road, and I would start screaming, like, help! Like, you know, and yeah. I, like, I'm not victim blaming, but like, just to like, and then, 
you would run away. Yeah, run away. You're gonna go. You could go to a payphone, yeah. but run away. Or yeah. like you would run into one of those houses and be banging on the doors, like help me, like you know, like yeah. mm-hmm. I don't know. There's a. It's like a business district. There's an ATM like with a full on bank. It's not an ATM. It's Look, like a bank I also branch. googled it. There's a lot of bars. I mean, this I googled it in 2021. Yeah, yeah but yeah. like there were a lot of bars it's in this neighborhood. So fucking bizarre. So. She literally goes to a body and starts digging into pockets. Yeah, like. It's like someone comes upon that too. (laughs) Like what? She like takes her twenty dollars, puts it in her pocket. Like then takes her coat. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, you know, it is a great coat. Yeah, like but you're never gonna wear that again. Like no way. (laughs) Oh my god. So she's she. So he like wakes up. Whatever they banter more, and then he like says he's gonna shoot her. He like points the gun at her when she says she's gonna call the police, and then she starts yelling at him. And she's like, I'm going to call the ambulance. And he's like, I'm fine. And at that point, I'm like, and now why are you not just if he's like, I'm good, just leave him. What the fuck is it to you, Joey? Like, what the fuck is it to you? I don't know. It's hard. I'm I'm not. And again, it's hard to say this because like people do weird ass shit when they're like being traumatized. I I get it. But like it went on for so long. I think and I think this is the problem, right? The problem with the fact that this episode is only Joey and only this story mm-hmm. we is don't that get to leave the everything goes on for way too long. And because we're not used to seeing the show that way, it feels even longer. It feels endless. Yeah. The scene felt endless. And we she- also know the way in which the show at this point treats Joey where it's like, oh, he- she's going to change him. And like, I'm sorry, I just refuse to watch that. Yeah. I like, I just. I refuse because also it creates this very unhealthy narrative that just like all it takes is one woman to change this man who has a lot of fucked up things, you know? And like, no, it doesn't. This is a community issue. Like he's addicted to drugs. Yeah. He needs $500. Like, can't we just help him out with these things? Right. Why does it have to be at the expense of Joey? You know, great. Great question. It's like, what the fuck is happening? Great question. Great question. Because then she like, he asks her if she has any heroin. Yes. And then she's like, watch your tone. And I'm like, what? We're am tone I policing now, Joey. <laughs> okay. This man is lying on the ground. <laughs> okay. There was a lot about that because this guy had the gall to say, he got any heroin? Like, like he's like joking. Okay. That's why they're slaying. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, no one would say that. Yeah. Like, that's, they call it dope. We they would call whatever the local slang yeah. was for it. Yeah. I don't know, maybe dope, but like maybe something else. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then like, <laughs> like the that's a, it's just like the dumbest shit to watch. That like even if you're falling for this weird story that's happening, yeah, yeah, yeah. you constantly are being taken out of it. Where it's like, got any heroin? Like who says I that? Know. Who the fuck says that? And then they don't even like like the actor like doesn't even like act like he's like you know dope sick. He doesn't seem dope sick. Yeah. yeah. I agree with you. So, and then he's like trying to get a cigarette into his mouth, but they keep falling out or so because he can't that really move that That part made well. me laugh so <laughs> hard. Happening? He like goes through a whole packet of cigarettes yeah, where like they're just, just like falling, falling on, the on the ground. And then she goes to light his cigarette for him. I can't. Are you kidding me? And then she says she doesn't smoke because her mom died of lung cancer, which we know is not true. Her mom died of breast cancer. <laughs> 
We've had this conversation. Oh my god! Like I, I cannot believe this. This episode tries to tie this mugger and his wife then with Dawson and Joey. That's the next thing that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we see Joey ends up like at the hospital. No, and- no, no. When he's on the ground, oh. she asks how he met his wife. Oh, okay. And he's like tenth grade. One day, I just woke up and realized like she was the one, and I was like, "Are what?" Oh my god! What is playing out in front of me right now? Well, and the and she's blonde too. It's always uh, yeah. like a blonde versus Joey. Well, and it's like that's my like yeah, because I'm like smug ass doctor, lots of internal bleeding. Is no, that no, a violation no, to but- tell her? Cool, another blonde to have a foil to Joey. Totally. But even before this, it's like they try to make it about Dawson and Joey, like mm-hmm. like just like kind of barely hint at it mm-hmm. in this way where you're like, yeah. are, we, are you fucking serious? And then the cops come and she tells him three things. Mm-hmm. She says, like, yes, he mugged me. And then he got hit by this car and then she passes out. Why does she pass out? Because she's because she's uh, what's the thing where you're like, um, What's it called? Um, shock. She's in shock. People pass out when they're in shock. It just doesn't make sense. She's not in shock, though. I mean, she could be. I, I know. I, I, that it, I don't have a bone the to pick whole, with. I do. The whole idea that then she passes out when she's been, like, totally, like, cognizant yeah, the stuff, whole time. But that's, like, you're, that's an adrenaline I thing. know, but it's, just like, a weird, like, it's a weird, like, fainting couch, like, Victorian trope, Yeah, you that, know? that is true. That is true. Because then she comes to, so we go to, she passes out, we go to commercial. She comes to in the hospital. She's not even laying down. Literally, she's sitting up Mm -hmm. passed out in the hospital she wakes up a doctor immediately comes to her and is like oh you're doing good okay you're great you're good to go what what and then she's like oh how's he what (laughs) there's no logic here no i mean all the doctors are just as good as capeside educators here too i mean seriously because like and then he's is that is like oh, do you have anyone to call to pick you up? And she says, no. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that's fascinating too, that she's like not going to call anyone. She's going to walk home. <laughs> and the and the hospital's like, yeah, sure, man. You just passed out because you, because of. I mean, the passing out thing is whatever, but like the fact that she's been attacked and they're not going to like follow, like give her a ride home. Right. And she's like, he, the doctor says something about like, Oh, you know, did you talk to the police? And she's like, yeah. And my question is when you the two things you said to him, like they actually have to question you. I mean, yeah. So I guess that's why I just assumed that she had talked to you because there's no way you're going to wake up from being passed out sitting up. But that's how it's shot. Well, it's shot like she opened (laughs) like we're in her head and she we see her open her eyes Mm -hmm. like we are in we the eyes open with us like in there i mean i hear you but i'm saying like, that's what we're supposed to take away is that she had already like she's like okay now we're back in the hospital we're gonna do this weird trick I but get, like I'm, okay. i've am i already talked to the police or whatever i mean the way the police behave in this episode too is bizarre like you know like i don't think people should be handcuffed to hospital beds but like we know that happens and sure. he's not you know the yeah. attacker there's no like he committed a crime there's no cop in the room right when they talk to her later and like there's no one there to monitor her who's a victim of a crime 
you know that's why we're like defund the police the system is corrupt you know well yeah totally there's the, the police are nowhere to be found for the rest of this episode well there is one scene where she there's a she talks to a cop and the cop's like oh um so you uh were attacked or you were mugged and then he got hit by a car if that keeps happening i'm gonna lose my job oh i think that's the scene where then she passes out oh okay i think I that's earlier i didn't catch didn't, her passing matter. out yeah doesn't matter yeah, I, I will say when Mercedes McNabb, the blonde, shows up, all I could think was that, like, at this point, I don't know how you go through all of season five that we've been through with Joey as mm-hmm. the character right now and think, like, you know who needs their own episode is Joey. <laughs> She's had the most boring storylines this whole time. The whole time. She's been and doing- even, like, to be honest, this storyline's boring. It's so like, boring. Like, it's really fucked up what happens, but it's, like, it's boring because totally. it's done so poorly like like every storyline she's been in this season and like there is no growth on her character we're not like seeing like i think this has always been the problem is that like we don't ever know how joey really feels right like i don't know how she felt about professor wilder until she kissed him so like you don't understand that conflict but i don't think she still knows how she feels even after she, she still him. is calling him professor wilder until the top of this episode right. you know and so like and we never really feel her real feelings because she doesn't decompress with the girls, you know, she doesn't have any friends. So like, we don't know where she's coming from ever, which is why her storylines are boring. Like even in season four, like when she, if we had known how she really felt, you know, juggling being friends with Dawson and then Pacey's like, you know, demise, we would be there with her, but because we don't, it's, it's hard not to be like, you're being an asshole. No, totally. I agree with that. I like even in this episode, there's like less of me thinking you're being an asshole and more of me thinking like, why on earth would you revolve this story around her? Yeah. Like, I don't think she's being an asshole in this. You know, like she does a couple of fucked up. It's just like, like, yeah, especially to the blonde girl, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, which is just like par for the course of Joey Potter. And one of the reasons why, like, I struggle with her as a character, because it's like anytime a blonde's on screen, she's going to be a dick to them. Out of at the least gates. at first yeah. the first encounter yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah and she's like fuck off like yeah. what like that is and you know like it doesn't matter but this girl's hair is like clearly dyed you know so yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. come on like what the fuck um you know but like her stories like that's why it's always a struggle because we don't know where she's coming from right. you know we never get like a few lines of like where how she feels or whatever even about this like you're like okay this is about dawson and joey and then all of a sudden it becomes about her dad right and like that's my thing is that like if if we're if that's what the uh, let me start over sorry i'm getting so like (laughs) i just don't know what the fuck i'm supposed to think Mm -hmm. and my thing is like i don't know where this episode was supposed to go i know like i don't know where it was supposed to point us right like like i feel like I f- maybe it was in season two where I was like, this is such a good setup. I kept saying things were good setups. Uh-huh. And I was like, you know, this episode does feel like a big setup for like, okay, the, the, like, this is where the rest of the season hinges on mm-hmm. this, right? Like, okay, you've taken an entire episode yeah. to tell this story. Yeah. That could have been just done in 15 minutes. Well, it could have been like, even if it was the A storyline mm-hmm. for an episode and there were other people doing other things. And like, like there's this fantasy world, you know, where I'm like, what if you had like B and C plot lines of like, 
people doing like kind of other random college things and Mm -hmm. like these friends like kind of not having anything that serious going on and Joey's going through this really serious thing right and like the way in which when your friend goes through something like that that there's like this abrupt kind of like Mm -hmm. oh shit this like this real world thing that like flies up in your face that you're like Mm -hmm. and particularly when you're like 18 19 right is like you kind of don't know what to do. You're right. just like, oh my God, what totally. do I, how am I here for my friend and mm-hmm. what do I do? And like, and yes, that is a similar plot line to like Dawson's dad, mm-hmm. but like, okay, like e- even we, at we're that recycling point- plot lines at this yeah, part anyways, yeah, so, you know, like, it doesn't, that part doesn't matter. It's hard because like even this storyline, like it's incredibly fucked up, but it's like, remember when Basie was raped for the first six episodes, right. you know, like, and like, I don't know, like a lot of like, or when Basie had a gun pulled on him as well by yeah. his brother, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, in season one. So like, again, like to create like, and it's fucked up, but like to create this situation and then the whole takeaway is where like Joey just like covers for a man. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. I, I don't know. I don't know where to go from here. My note, my next note is about Grace, who's Mercedes McNabb. Yeah. The wife of the, of the guy. Yeah. That like, nobody knows that yet. Yeah. We, we don't know that, but like, we're going to see like her, we see like a little girl and Joey's like, I got to take care of that girl, which like, doesn't make sense at all. No. But like, okay. And she's like, where's your mom? And then, and then we find that, um, Mercedes McNabb, um, whose name is, yeah, her name's Grace, Grace, right? And so, and then, you know, she's panicking because she's her, like her, her husband is sick. In an accident, yeah. yeah. And so she's like freaked out because she has a daughter and like she doesn't know what's happening. And then her and Joey start talking and we, we kind of, Joey first realizes that her, Grace's husband is the you know perpetrator and then joey kind of realizes it too but before that or yeah grace realizes it too but before that happens like joey kind of like moralizes her parenting right or while that's happening well yeah yeah kind of while that's happening and i i can't remember if it was before or after Mm -hmm. it honestly doesn't doesn't matter. matter But, like, Grace starts complaining about how she tried to break... She's, like, breaking up with this man at the mm-hmm. moment. And, like, her daughter keeps waking up and crying for him. And, like, Grace is annoyed that her daughter is, like, missing her dad. And I was like, what am I supposed to get from this? Mm. Am I supposed to be judging Grace? I think so. I, I, I do. Because, like, Joey does then critique Grace's parenting skills. Joey, 18-year-old, no kids, is judging her. I mean, she did partially raise Alexander. <laughs> I know, but, like, oh, my you. God, you. you know. Point taken. Point it's, taken. like, it's hard because, like, again, Joey is so judgmental towards blondes and towards other women, you know? And, like, she saw how much Bessie struggled. Yeah. And how much Bessie struggled with the judgment of girls against Bessie. Right. And Joey just perpetuates this violence, you know? It's so fucked up. Like, I don't know. That part really triggered me where Joey's just like, well, like, what? It, you're going to leave? What about the girl? Like, you know, and she every encounter then forth that she has with Grace, the mom, she's like judging her parenting. We don't know what happened. We don't know why she's like has like, you know what I mean? Like, it's such a complicated situation. Like, what if she's like, 
of course, like it's hard when like Grace is like saying that she is unhappy that her daughter's screaming for her dad because we're like, oh, we get it as a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as a mother, you're like, well, what if there was some fucked up ass shit that happened with heroin involved? Totally. But like, like, we don't know. So like the fact that like the show wants us to draw a conclusion about this mother. I guess here's where I can't, here's what I can't get past. Mm. It's like, I hear you. And it's not that I necessarily disagree with you about Joey and her like judging this mom. Mm -hmm. I don't know why she is like talking for as long as she is with Mm -hmm. this mom, which as you might be able to tell is a theme of this episode of like everything just goes on for so fucking long. Yeah. And but my thing is that, like, there's no I, – I don't care about any of these people. I know. The only person that I care about in this episode is Joey. Yeah. Because – and, like, it's not that I don't feel, like, sympathy or empathy yeah, for these yeah. people. Like, you know, like, th- they're actually kind of interesting. But, yeah. like, I just, like, I don't know them. You don't know them. You don't care. You're so, like – So why am I spending an entire episode mm-hmm. around the two of them? I know. That's my question. Because, like, I think, like, fine, have this guy. Have Joey have this, like, yeah. weirdo come to Jesus moment. Mm-hmm. Have Mercedes McNabb and have yeah. Joey, like, recognize, like, what her mother or her sister, yeah. like, may have gone through that she wasn't recognizing. Like, fine. Fine on all fronts. I'm always happy when Mercedes McNabb shows up yeah, in something I that her. I'm watching. Yeah, totally. But I we're spending the whole episode with them. I know. So it's like, I can't even, I'm so fucking bored at this, by this point that I'm like, I don't even care what she's saying to her. Yeah. And I mean, like, again, just where I'm coming from, it's like, she finds it in her heart to give compassion and, and what about ism and understanding right. to the perpetrator of violence against her, but yeah. not like grace. Yeah, totally. No, totally. And I, yeah, that's, that's true. And you're just like, why are we supposed to care? And like, A, why do we care about these random I don't care about these people. Yeah. And then B, like, what does this say about Joey? I, like, I don't know that I have an answer Mm -hmm. because I think like where, this is where I started pulling back, like Mm -hmm. around this time in the episode, which is about what, like three quarters of the way through or something like that. Who knows? Who the fuck knows? It felt like an eternity. Yeah. Um, and like, I was kind of like, okay, so like, what, like, like, what are the larger themes here? And mm-hmm. here's my thing is that I'm never, I'm never, ever, ever going to be okay with an episode where women are traumatized mm-hmm. so that they can grow or so that they can make a man grow or that, right? Like it's, I mean, come at me, bro. But like, it's the reason I hate Game of Thrones. Um, like, exactly. I don't want to watch that. Yeah. I don't, I have no totally. desire to mm-hmm. like, for to just watch you traumatize women so that like, I don't even know what. I, <laughs> like, totally I don't even know what you. the point of any of that was. I know. <laughs> um, and couldn't tell any of those white men apart. Mm. Um, so, so like, but it's one of those things where it's like, I'm watching this, like you've put... Uh, ostensibly our main character at least that's what the show thinks at this point in, in right. the, the, the series yeah or they want us to think that yeah right and this mm-hmm. is the i mean this is the episode that makes it the reason that katie holmes is the only person who appears in every episode exactly. of dawson's creek right yeah, yeah and so like you're doing this you're mm-hmm. you're centering her around this story seemingly that comes out of absolutely nowhere not seemingly that actually absolutely comes out of does. absolutely nowhere yeah. and events like this do come out of absolutely sure. nowhere. yeah, so yeah of fun. course yeah yeah but like there's this part of me that's like okay 
So you've taken an entire episode of television. It's not an inexpensive thing to do. Mm-hmm. This is not a that's that's a time that is a time consuming thing to do. You've taken an entire episode of television to tell this story. And what exactly are you trying to say with it? And the answer seems like fucking nothing. I know. <laughs> or that like everyone falls in love with Joey and then she changes men's lives. Right before they die, though. Like, I don't know, but cares? like, that's what I mean is this like, it's hard to think that this is like a strong woman, that this is like a representation of like, you know, feminism or whatever we're supposed to think about Joey and like at the top, like her witty banter of like, oh, there we go. We got jo- witty Joey Potter and like see yeah. her like then make all this space for this person who like pulled a gun on her you know this like person who victimized her and like you know not have any ounce of understanding for grace the woman who has you know we've seen what we've known of this man that victimized her he's very violent he owns a gun he's a drug addict you know yeah you know he you know abuses drugs and this woman, Grace, has been living with that, you know, under whatever circumstances. So what we could, like, imagine is pretty dark, you well, know? Well, and he told her that the reason he needed the $500 is because he, like, at some point he says this. Yeah. Is it when he's, like, dying? Yes. That he says, like, I gave, I, I needed the $500 because, yeah. like, I took... So, yeah, let's get there because, okay, like... Yeah, let's... Because so, who cares about it? Yeah, the girl yeah. Grace kind of is like, I'm fucking out of here. Yeah, like, she leaves. I like, oh, I'm here for my husband who I'm trying to leave that has pulled a gun on you and mugged you and like, like you now know, I'm gone. Like, I'm out of here. Shit. I've got I've got a fucking little girl that I'm looking after. You know, and it's that's the when, middle of the night. Like, it's the middle of the night. We get the fuck out of here. And that's when Joey's kind of like, oh, you're what about your this little girl? You're gonna leave? You know, and it's like joey back up back up yeah back don't up. tell this woman do her not, life yeah we do like white women especially you need to bite your tongue when your parent when you're policing the way in which someone mothers like i don't know we just need to unless take a, a child is actually i know but we need to you need to first take a breath and think sure. about it because like you know if a child yeah 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 because think we about what imminent danger means exactly yeah thank you yeah. uh-huh um and so then <laughs> then the doctor comes up to joey and is like he's he's awake and she's comes like up to joey joey i know <laughs> exactly joey. Comes up to Joey and is like, as Mercedes McDab is like down the hall, who would be the emergency contact? Uh-huh. The way in which the doctors are just like verbal vomiting what's happening to Joey to is Joey. like a violation, a HIPAA violation. Exactly, that is an actual HIPAA I violation. I know, I know. Like it's so like he even when the doctor is at, at the top of the episode or yeah. more in the beginning of the episode, it's like, oh yeah, he got a lot of internal bleeding. I'm like HIPAA, HIPAA violation. violation. Like, Shut your fucking what mouth. What the fuck? Yeah. Oh my god. And so this doctor comes up to Joe and he's like, Oh, he's awake now. And she's like, Oh, and Joey's like, thankfully, like, oh, his wife is leaving. Like, what I don't know why Joey's like now the manager Cruise of his director. Yeah. Like <laughs> <His> hospital. <laughs> okay. And then the doctor's like, No, you. he wants to talk to you. So wait. So wait, so wait, Aaron. So a doctor. Uh-huh. It goes to the person, a victim, a victim of a mugging, mm-hmm. uh huh, who's been held at gunpoint, yeah, and says the person who held you at gunpoint mm-hmm. would like to speak with you, yeah, 
alone in a room alone in a room there's no police involvement there's not a cop in the room they can't there's not a cop no cop where the fuck has the cops been i don't know and she go like i said like she go like and it's complicated i don't think people should be you know handcuffed to a bed sure but she does go into a room where there is no cop there no restraints nothing Mm -hmm. you know and like I don't think that you should be restrained, but I also don't think you should go in there. <laughs> you know? I agree. It's like, so what? She's like, let me just like talk to my attacker in the eyes. Like, let me make space for him and like not space for Grace, who's like really going through this. You right. Know? Is about to have to like raise a kid without a dad, no matter if he survives or not. She's got to yeah. raise this kid without a dad. Which she completely understands. Yeah. You know? No, totally totally and like it just doesn't make sense like why would joey want to talk to this guy right like that's like the full stop for me like i can i can wrap my head around this like doctor fucked up situation because we've seen all these cape side educators so like all right for the i under i'm in dawson's creek world i understand that but like why exactly does joey want to talk to him and that's the the part that is so hard for me in this show with Joey is that we never understand her motivation. Well, and and this is actually one of my notes is that like, I'm actually kind of here for doing a storyline where, where like Joey, if we're going to do a storyline about Joey, Joey mm-hmm. being mugged, mm-hmm. I'm here for this storyline of like seeing our normally like snarky, take no shit, Joey mm-hmm. reacting in a way that like, feels different like yeah. feels like and that she then she doesn't know why she reacted that way because i think that's really human that's mm-hmm. such a thing where you're like i'm usually so vocal and like this guy did this thing mm-hmm. and then i was like i clammed up yeah. and i like whatever and yeah. you, and then you later you're like what the fuck like, yeah, like why did was that their reaction i don't know and it's like that that to me that's a really interesting thing to d- mm-hmm. dive into like mm-hmm. totally really interesting very real like all of that I, but that's not the that's not where we are. No, we're here with Joey being the victim of abuse at the hands of a man, and then her prioritizing like that man and making him feel better and his feelings. Like it's just like, and like I, I think don't know. That's it's a little like, complicated because I think she like looks at him like he was her dad. Like she's like, I, I mean, that's what we're supposed to take is that like she's relating him to her dad, and these are all the things that she wishes she could say to her dad, mm. right? In a way, but like. But I, I actually, like, have a hard time with it because, like, this guy just committed such an act of violence against yeah, her. Yeah, and, like, I also have a hard time with it because, like, it shows she doesn't have complicated feelings about drug dealers or, like, drug usage and stuff like that, you know? Like, I don't know. Like, what? This guy's like, I'm a... It's heroin. That's totally different than weed. Yeah, totally. Totally. So, like, I don't know. It's kind of a... Like, maybe that's the drug culture in Massachusetts or the East Coast. Like, I know it's certainly a different... um experience over there where they're like all drugs are bad weed users are the same as heroin users and like in the west coast it's not like that yeah we were not raised like that we have a very different nuanced experience about it over here yeah um and so like maybe but like just where i'm coming from i'm like i don't get it those are two different like experiences you know um and like to be honest it sounds like her dad was like a kingpin (laughs) he was like a trafficker yeah like this guy's like like pounds and pounds of marijuana yeah, like, versus yeah, like a like, petty like you know like he's feeding his habit yeah totally, you know totally. um, 
Totally. I mean, uh, I mean, again, I think of this more like highlights, like just the way our society in the U.S. and probably worldwide, like deals with drugs. We use these very weird storytelling, this very blanketed, like black and white thinking. Yeah. And that creates a lot of problems, you know, like, I'm sorry, but like, hello, the Sacklers are billionaires and they gave everyone heroin. Basically. At our exp- like we paid for that i know our insurance paid for that we yeah. collectively paid for that as our insurance and then we're like on your own see ya like now that you're addicted or whatever yeah. and you can't live without it and it's like i i and just they knew it was addictive yeah and they and knew i also it was, yeah. don't think the narrative of like well they're the bad ones that are addicted versus the ones like managing their pain it's like everyone's addicted the only bad people here are the sacklers yeah and it's like that's the whole point of opioids why we didn't really prescribe it before because they were so addictive because they're so addictive and like yes it is a use for pain but like the withdrawal of it is painful so even if it is managing your quote legitimate pain like you can't stop taking it so the fact that we stop people from taking it is like one of the biggest problems you know that's what you have to imagine of like it has to be the last resort there are other countries that have allowed a way in which to use it as like a last resort and we weren't one of them but we then moralize the people who are victims well and i mean it didn't start with the opioid crisis you know the crack epidemic yes that's racist yeah but the crack epidemic in the inner cities was very like you know we that was very moralized yes you know like the idea of a crack baby yeah these are bad people yes yes these are addicts and they deserve care every human being deserves care and compassion yes and you know even people who are addicted to drugs, like they still deserve I, care and compassion. I totally agree. The thing is, is that when people are violent, then you have to, you know, there has to be a societal way of dealing with that. I of, know, but that's the thing is those are two different issues. I agree with that's you. That's like why it's the problem is that we combine those two right. instead of seeing them separately. It's like drugs over here. Violence. Yes, the violence, the guns. Okay. I mean, let's just get rid of those then. I mean, please. <laughs> Clear answer you if you ask me, you know? Yeah. And like, you know, all this other stuff. It's like, it's hard for me to see that Joey had to experience this for $500. Like, I'm not saying, like, to a lot of people, $500 is a lot of money. But you know who it's not a lot of money to? Mm. Bezos. You know who's not a lot of money to? Elon Musk. You know who's not a lot of money to? The fucking U.S. government. Right. Like, come on, 500 bucks. Like, I just, I can't with this. Like, yeah. it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Like, we hear these statistics of the number of Americans that don't have 400 bucks to come up with in an emergency. And you're like, wow, that's fucked up. Yeah. You know what we should do? Have a fund that just gives people money if they need it. Tax Jeff Bezos. It's just like, Elon end Musk. of story. Just give it, give people money. Yeah. I mean, like, come on. Just, that literally works. It really does. <laughs> like it, the poverty rate in this country in 2020 went down, yep. despite the unemployment rate being mm-hmm. through the roof, because the government we just gave, gave people, people money. money. Absolutely, and that's all you need to know. I mean, like literally, that's all you need to know. And I know that's not the necessarily the story that this episode is trying to go for. Mm-hmm. But hey, you know, it would have been way better if they did. I know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because. I mean, my last point, I mean, there's if there's more about this episode you want to get to, but this scene is, but like he tells this story about how like 
you know, his wife offered him the opportunity to walk his daughter to school and she, the wife gives him $500 to pay for her after school care. And he walked her to school, which was like an amazing experience, a fulfilling experience, which, Uh you know, I think that like more highlights the relationship that Grace and this man have. Right. We're like, they're all fucking trying. They're trying to believe in Grace is trying to believe People in are her husband. Like, I want you to be a father. I want you to be the person, you know, but like, even if we're not together, you're and still also like, you're time. a drug addict, but I'm trying to like manage how I like that, you know, all this stuff. Like it's, it's a very complicated situation sure. to be in for these two people, not for fucking Joey, for these two people, you know, but this is my point. And then mm-hmm. he says like, I dropped her off, but I, I took the money and bought dope, which is a very real story, a sure. very real experience. And you're like, man, so you're telling me if we had universal free childcare, we wouldn't have had to watch this episode? This is the point of the episode that mm-hmm. I'm taking away. Mm-hmm. Give people universal free childcare. <laughs> we wouldn't have to sit through this. Wouldn't have to sit through this. <laughs> I wouldn't have to look at Joe Manson's fucking face. You Gosh, know? you know. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just like, tell me something more pro-life than making it easier to be a, a parent. A parent. <sighs> okay. You had a very cerebral thing to say. <laughs> I'm going to start yelling about the carpenters. Um, because what's supposed to happen, and this part is cut out, mm-hmm. because again, they did not, I, they didn't have the rights to close to you. I'm mm-hmm. sure it's very expensive. Um, because it's a fucking great song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that Joey gives this big speech about how her favorite day was some day her dad took her to the park. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. It's, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, this is the thing about this episode. No one's a bad actor in it. No. It's just terribly written. Yeah. And we just don't know what to take away from it. Right. Like, like everyone's like, acting is totally okay. fine, if not good. Like, it's yeah. like they're, they're acting, you know, mm-hmm. it's not bad acting. It's just like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then what? So Joey, you know, like Katie Holmes is, gives this great speech. It doesn't really mean that much, but no. it's like, you know, she does it well. And it really starts off with like an eye roll rhetoric that I personally want to highlight that yeah, I don't please. like, where it's like, if you really loved your daughter, you would dot, dot, blah, dot. Blah, blah. And like that, that rhetoric is so Joey, so it's on the nose, but it is so fucked up and I just, I can't, yeah. you know? Sure. So then she's supposed to, the guy is supposed to say like, oh, what song were you humming when I first stopped you? Uh-huh. And it was, cl- and she says, you know, the cl- close to you. Mm-hmm. I don't think she says it's by the Carpenters, but I'm telling you it's by the uh-huh. Carpenters. And he's like, he, they start singing it together at first. Uh-huh. And then he, he like starts dying basically. And she sings him close to you by the Carpenters. Now, okay. <laughs> As he dies, you heard that. You heard me say that. Um, Close to You by the Carpenters is a romance. I know. (laughs) Yeah, it's a love song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I don't like, I don't have a problem. Oh, Joey says like her dad used to sing it to her, and that's Mm -hmm. why she was singing it. That's fine, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, There's plenty of songs about love that parents sing to kids. Yeah, totally. When you think about it, you're like, hmm. But it's like fine, whatever. Right, right. Um, My dad used to sing me. Eric Clapton's cocaine to uh-huh. get me to go to bed. So I'm not here to judge yeah. anyone's <laughs> parents singing them songs. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> um, but my thing is like, first of all, yet again, Katie Holmes is singing yet again. We didn't have to watch it in the streaming cause it's cut. Mm-hmm. I-, I guarantee you it wasn't good. I mean, K- you're singing a Karen Carpenter song. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> what the fuck? 
Oh my god. Secondly, you're singing it to this man who just held a gun to you and it's a song about longing to be close just like mm-hmm. just like me, they long to be close to you. Yeah. That's yeah, the yeah. that's the lyrics. Mhm. Mm-hmm. I I mean it's a choice. <sighs> <laughs> And then, and then, Aaron, as if I'm not irate enough, also just R.I.P. Karen Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Also, there's a great album called If I Were a Carpenter. That's a, c- a set of covers that, like, I highly recommend everyone mm-hmm. go listen to. Mm-hmm. It's fucking great. Also, Carpenters, isn't that the song in the, um, is it? Maybe not. In the pilot? No. Oh, okay. Pretenders. Oh, Pretenders. Right, right. Sorry. But the Carpenters, I mean, just amazing. Mm-hmm. Simply amazing. Anyway, <laughs> Joey leaves. Grace is back with the daughter. Well, okay, he dies. He dies. It, which is a bizarre scene. Right, He's like, right, everyone right. dies alone. And you're like, oh, just so you wait. You're not going to be alone when you die. Yeah, and someone's going to be singing you Karen Carpenter just to make me irate. stranger is yeah. going to be singing to you. <sighs> okay, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. it's like, okay. So he dies. And it's like, again... I wish we knew this hospital so we could tell you to like not, not go, go there because it it's a full on like, you know, he flatlines or whatever the term is and no one even comes into the room for a while. <laughs> yeah, 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 true. It's <laughs> not how that works. That's fucking dark. Yeah. And so Joey walks out, she sees this little girl and the little girl like I don't even really I didn't t- totally take notes. Mm-hmm. The little girl like asks if her dad did something mean to joey Mm -hmm. and then joey says no and then instead of just leaving it there no he didn't and then like go away that lie fine fine totally get that totally no she makes up an entire fucking story it's so fucking bizarre i don't know why (laughs) i don't so she's like no a car almost hit me and he pushed me out of the way and, like, that's what happened. So he got hit instead of me. What the fuck? And is Joey now liable for this child's therapy that she's definitely... I mean, she was going to need it anyway, yeah, but, like, yeah. definitely going to need now? Because, like, some... It's so weird because, like, we're supposed to think, like, oh, this is what Joey would have wanted. You know, like, she's, like... You know, trying to she's trying to wrongs. like rewrite the wrongs of her childhood mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's what we're supposed to think. And you're like, so Joey just wanted people to lie to her about her dad all the time? About everything, seemingly. Is she an anti-vaxxer? Is Joey Potter an anti-vaxxer? Gosh. I don't think so. I but, don't... but that's the kind of logic. You just want to make up a world that doesn't exist. I know. It's so weird. Yeah. You know, like... Joey had trauma in her childhood. There's no disputing that. But, like, it's such a weird experience, you know? Like, and, but the problem- and, like, and we don't really see her being, like, that maternal that much, you know? Like, yeah. have we ever even really seen her hold Lily, you know? She, not or, Lily, but definitely Alexander. I mean, yeah, there's, like, a but, whole episode where she But that's, like, her, her, like, yeah, nephew. nephew, you know? This is a total stranger. Like, like I just yeah, think, yeah, yeah. like, you know, in terms of, like, Joey's way she feels about her position in the world, she's not, like need to help the children you know like 
like or an yeah, 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 yeah. overboard like help the children situation yeah. and in this case like i can't tell if it's like well she's a brunette so we gotta help them i gotta help them you know <laughs> but she's like trying to like correct this situation that like is honestly like joey it's like joey this shit's so different like also this shit just has nothing to do with you like your dad didn't mug someone and then die he, right Right, right, right. But my thing is, like, you're a peripheral part of their story tonight. Like, their story tonight is totally different than whatever your story Without is. Without a doubt. You're some peripheral part of it, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, And so, like, and so this is where, I mean, going back to my complaint about this episode, where it's just an episode full of people I don't care about. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, sure, on a different show where Mercedes McNabb is this mother. And, mm-hmm. like, by the way, give it to me. I'll watch it. I would, yeah. Um, like... Like, but on a different show where Mercedes McNabb is this mother and Joey is just this peripheral person that you kind of have to like, Mm -hmm. oh shit, like reckon with her reality. But then like, she's not really, Mm -hmm. she's not really a part of it. You just kind of have to reckon with the reality of her. And it's like, that's my problem, right? Is it's like, okay, so you are trying to use this kid to make Mm -hmm. up for something that like happened to you when you were a kid that like mm-hmm. your dad was absent. Yeah. He wasn't dead, but he was absent. And like, you see that this kid is now going to have a similar life mm-hmm. with an absent dad. In a different way. In a different he's way. Dead. <laughs> Cause he's dead. Right. And you know what it's like to lose a parent. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't really know. Like, it seems like Joey is like completely obtuse and completely like, unaware of like everything and like that's fine because she shouldn't be in this family's fucking story i know she should have left i know she should have when the guy even if you like at any single point there's like no when they were like like, are you okay you'd be like yeah i'm out of here can you call my friend yeah. Dawson? Can you call my friend Pacey? Can you can call my roommate home? Audrey? Can you call someone? Can you put me in a taxi? Can yeah. you can the cops drive me home? Can someone get me to my dorm room mm-hmm. so that I can like go deal with whatever just mm-hmm. happened to me? Yeah. Please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can I be with people that I know and love? Not just here alone. Total strangers. And like, and like, and then again, like, as going back to what you were saying at the beginning, is this some like, Joey's such a strong woman, so she doesn't need any of that. Like, is that what I'm supposed to take? And if yeah. so, fuck that. I mean, like, you can't help but walk away being like, the rhetoric of this episode is like, Joey's so strong. She could even handle being mugged at gunpoint and then made a guy a better person before he died. I mean, I just think that, like, again, like, what does woman mean? And it usually feels like it's at the hands of a man who gets Mm. to determine what a woman is. And it's like, what does a strong woman mean? And, like, I think in media, it's always, you know, formulated and crafted at the hands of a man. It's like, well, look at this strong woman. She didn't take shit when a gun was in her face. (laughs) She's so strong. And you're like, fuck off. Oh, what a strong woman. She, like you know, was able to turn around and have this guy see the error of his ways and like, you know, try to acknowledge that he could have been a better father and made space for this guy who pulled a gun on her. What a strong woman. Yeah. I mean, I hear you and I I agree with you, but also there's this part of me that's like, is she supposed to kind of go on some sort of trajectory after this? And she doesn't. I mean, I think that in the eyes of maybe this rhetoric and this storytelling, it's like, well, now she's a strong woman. 
She's not a girl she anymore. Wasn't, she's not a girl, but she is a strong woman. Yeah. You know, because acts of violence are what make women snap strong. You, make you a woman. I mean, unfortunately, that sometimes is true. Mm. Um, yeah. My last note is that I'd love to hear how the rest of the cast reacted when this came to fruition. <laughs> I'd love to hear how we decided that this was going to Yeah, be- I'd love to know more about the writer's room and how they were like, hear us out. Like, if it was a scheduling thing and they're like, well, we'll just do an episode around Joey. Like, what was the deal? Yeah. Because, like, how are contracts written where, like, you know. They I mean, they don't able- have to be in every episode, but yeah. you got to pay them. I mean, that's why their names yeah. appear mm-hmm. on the opening credits, even though they're not in it. Like, they still got paid for this. Yeah. Yeah. But it seems so weird. And then even from a scheduling standpoint, how would they get a full episode with just Joey, you know? Totally. Totally. Because it's like a lot of scenes of her. Well, right. And then, I mean, the thing is, is like you're 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 taping the previous episode and then you have to do a table read usually at some point Mm -hmm. during that right like at a lunchtime like they all sit around a table and do a table read Mm -hmm. so like it's just joey mercedes mcnab and whatever that guy i mean the guy i'm sorry i didn't even look him up i i did i didn't write any of it down Mm. he he like is still in stuff okay whatever (laughs) um but like i can pretty much guarantee that little girl is not she was terrible yeah but like child actors but like whatever (laughs) fine but so, you know, like, did they just come to Wilmington and do a table read? Or was it just Katie Holmes and, like, two producers, like, reading this whole fucking script? Like, I'd love to hear that story. I don't know. I mean, it's, like, all kind of shot. I mean, at least the exterior shots are all outside. So it's, like, nighttime yeah. shoots and stuff like that. Yeah. It's all trash and it doesn't really make sense. And, like, you know... Like, maybe if we could have understand Joey's motivation more, like, you kind of, like, and again, like, I think it just always boils down to the way, what I feel about this show is that, like, it would have been cool if she could sit down with Grace and, like, talk it out with Grace instead of this guy. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, if she would, it would make more sense, too, if she was leaving. If like Grace she- was like, let me drive you home and let's talk. Yeah. Exact anything about that or like grace is waiting to find the fate of her husband and like feels very conflicted like yeah. you know and they're like talking and joey's like man you know my dad was a drug dealer and blah 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 and now i'm at worthington and grace could be like oh wow okay i don't have to feel that you know intense guilt about like yeah. you know the tr- like that and, you know like it would just be like such a better like interesting more interesting story for them the two women to bond together over the, the trauma that they've both you know presumably experience at the hands of this man you know because she's had her own trauma with this man totally much totally you know in a in a we can only imagine larger capacity than joey has um we know for sure he's stolen from her so right and and i guess like yeah i mean yeah truly i mean i think there are a million different points at which i'm just like this could have like you even if it was kind of bad you could have salvaged it yeah you know what i mean but like it goes wrong at every turn. Yeah, because I remember us watching it in my dorm room, yeah, and I have I do a like, rem- distinct memory of her lying to the little girl and yeah. just being like, "What the fuck? Like what?" Because she, the little girl, she's like, "You, he saved me," and the little girl's like, "Mommy, Daddy's a hero," and it was just like, all of us were like, "What? What? 
like every element of this is a what yeah. the fuck moment. Yeah. And it like, what? Like, what are we supposed to what think about What did we just watch? Yeah. yeah. Like, okay, what? You know, yeah. especially since the end it does, of the previous episode does leave it on a to be continued where we're like, okay, cool. We're going to see more about like Audrey and Pacey. We're going to see more about like Jen feeling conflicted about Jack. Charlie being in the oh, movie yeah. and about like, you know, pursuing her relationship with Jack and like, where is Jack with the frat? Like, mm-hmm. where is he? And like, you know, he's kind of like ruined his life. And so far as he's like, you know, flunking out of potentially college. So we were kind of in this place where we're like, Ooh, great to be continued. We're going to find out more. And then we find out like more about the character at this point we care the least about and whose storyline is the most boring. And we also don't find out anymore. We don't, but we, we don't, don't know all we've like moved the story along a line you know storyline along now is that like now she's calling him david not professor wilder totally and like i i think i mentioned when we were talking about sort of 9 11 episodes mm-hmm. that um the west wing did this kind of like standalone mm-hmm. episode at the beginning of this season yeah, yeah. because it was post 9 11 and like there's this part of me that thinks that like did this i don't even necessarily want to blame it entirely on tom capinos although he was the yeah the he was EP, the showrunner yeah. and he wrote this episode so yeah, yeah. He, i'm sure he takes some of the blame yeah but like my thing is like did you see did y'all see that <laughs> and say like oh we should do something we should like oh like a right. standalone like whatever kind of like plays out like a play all in mm-hmm. real time which this one kind of doesn't play out in real time but like but like you know, something like that. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't play out in real time at all because this guy has surgery at one point, which <laughs> takes hours. Yeah. So, like, is that where this came from? I mean, potentially. And, you know, like, I do want to give space for, like, how complicated 9-11 was and what we were grieving towards then and, like, sure. how, you know, you might feel complicated and want to, like, produce some kind of media and, and art to process that experience and grief however like this This isn't isn't it it. (laughs) and i and like i i like people taking chances on things Mm -hmm. artistically speaking Mm -hmm. and like i think that like taking a stab at something is always like there's always a chance you're gonna fail yeah but like i i really this is where i'm really curious to know like what is the thought process behind this because like just looking at like what we have on screen, I don't understand how it got made. Mm, I, totally I don't agree. understand. I mean, the cast revolted about Joey or no, sorry, Pacey and Jen possibly hooking up. Mm-hmm. And nobody read this episode and was like, fuck no. Yeah. And I get it. At this point, maybe they were, were kind of like all over it and, and like didn't yeah. care. We're like, whatever. Or it wasn't their characters. Because we know, obviously we know that, you know, Jen and Pacey were, or, you know, Joshua Jackson and Michelle Williams were like protective enough of their yeah. characters to revolt. But like, to be honest, like, I don't think Katie Holmes was ever protective of Joey because we see the storyline and like, yeah. she has never revolted about it always coming back to Dawson and Joey, even though it doesn't make sense, right. you know? And, like, you know, maybe she did, but, like... We or maybe don't... she felt like she couldn't. Yeah, but, like, if if you see the example of Michelle Williams doing sure, it sure, in sure. third season, you know, like, I would imagine yeah, there but at least she was... room for it. But she was so the, like, center of so much at this point. Like, Yeah, she... that would give her more power. No, totally, but I think also, like, there's a part of me that wonders if she felt like... But what am I going to, like, I don't know. 
Hmm. I, I do wonder like where she where her head was at a little bit like mm-hmm. if she was just like whatever just like give yeah. me my fucking sides and let's shoot this shit yeah I mean I always get that vibe from yeah. Katie Holmes because like I've said you don't get the idea that she had like a real trajectory for what she wanted to do next or what she sure. want where she wanted to find her place in in her creative output you know mm. um which is why we've seen her career be what it is now um and like you know, whether or not that was her or her management or, you know, whatever, a combination of the two, you know, um, I just like, you see how like she didn't have an idea and didn't know what Mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. And like, we don't know what was happening behind the scenes, but like, um, yeah, I, I, I just personally don't see her advocating for her character in the way in which like we know. I know, I agree with that. Um, Michelle Williams and Joshua Jackson did. No, I agree with that. To I, the detriment of the character. I agree with that completely. Know? I agree with that completely. I guess my thing is just like, I know how many fucking different levels mm-hmm. have to approve every single piece of every single episode. Sure. And I'm like, nobody Yeah. was like, what is this? <laughs> totally. And in fact, uh, multiple people have said it to us. I don't, I haven't corroborated this myself, but like, I think they may have submitted this for Emmy contention. Mm. And if so, my question is what the fuck? Yeah. Seriously? Totally. Did anyone watch it before you submitted it for Emmy contention? It's so bad. It's awful. Yeah. Awful. I mean, at this point, it's the worst one. Um, you know, there's a, there's a couple of others coming up that m- maybe take the cake. But at this point, this one's the worst. Yeah. So who are you rooting for? <laughs> <laughs> Mercedes McNabb, girl. Grace, yeah. Mercedes McNabb, I hope you go on and, you know, have yeah. a lovely life as a vampire somewhere in the town of Sunnydale. God. Um you know so and, bad and leave spike behind you're better than him girl totally <laughs> that's it that's all. <laughs> yeah it's hard to root for joey yeah after this so yeah. i totally feel you okay so this is um for not a girl not yet a woman mm-hmm. hashtag free britney this was from Catherine, and she sent us like an expert from an article called How Gossip Girl Broke the Fantasy of Being the World's Most Special Girl that was Mm. on Vox by Candace Grady. And she was telling me like, oh, I thought this related to um, what you've been talking about. And then when we read it months ago (laughs) now, we're like, we've got to talk about it in Downtown Crossing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So this is to quote from the article. These stories span decades. The fantasy of the unrapable girl is at the basis of the hit 80s film 16 Candles. On Gossip Girl's network sibling, The Vampire Diaries, it would become a plot point for Damon and Elena, the show's flagship couple. Elena was the one woman Damon didn't want to rape, but also the one woman he couldn't not rape. Wow, that's dark. (laughs) That came after... Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, on Gossip Girl's predecessor, Dawson's Creek, there was a plot line where when Dawson offered to pay for his love interest, Joey's college tuition, she turned him down while tearfully admitting she had lost her virginity to someone else. The implication was that Dawson was trying to buy something no longer for sale, but that it would have been romantic if he had succeeded. Woof. Yeah. So 
I I mean, I feel like there's two things mm-hmm. there. The idea of the unrapeable girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's so fascinating. Yeah. And I think like it like makes me want to like, you know, my like f- f- Rolodex of like teen drama, mm-hmm. like, you know, is like going through because like when you think about like Brenda and Kelly mm-hmm. on 90210, you yeah. know, one of them is the unrapeable girl mm-hmm. and the and other one admits to being raped yeah. pretty early on in the series. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at least they treat it with gravitas. I will say that for, mm-hmm. for a 90 show. Yeah. Yeah. For a 90 show too. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, that's a really interesting premise. And I think like, it's so interesting, you know, as we talk about of how differently this show treats Joey and Jen mm-hmm. and like, that and Joey's like virginity and sexuality even in this episode I mean mm-hmm. like I said like it gets mentioned Joey's virginity which she does not is is as much as virginity is a construct she has had yeah sex, sex. with someone mm-hmm. you know with a per- another person yeah and so like is presumably not in possession of that anymore yeah. and somehow we're still fucking talking about right. it right a season later right and we've seen so much sexual violence against Jen and, you know, also Pacey. But we, it's like he asks, are you a virgin? And then like, he's like, I can get my own dates, you know? And it's like, I'm grateful we don't have to witness any oh sexual God. violence like ever, <laughs> you know, like I never want to watch that. But, but like, and I'm grateful we didn't have to watch it against Joey. But like, it it feels like a disconnect on the show where it's like, Jen gets this like sexual violence against her and Joey gets this like uh, gun violence against her. Well, And at one point, like after she kicks him in the face or whatever, and then mm-hmm. starts to run away and he tackles her, he like pins her to the ground yeah. and is like on top of her. And that's like the closest we get to like even a wink at yeah. sexual violence. Right. Um, and it's really disturbing. I mean, like the yeah, image it's itself the second is really time we've seen physical violence against her, mm-hmm. you know, cause we saw it in four stories. Right. Right. Oh yeah, totally. And like, and like this thing too, of like, once Joey goes to the big city, mm-hmm. all this violence starts to be, excuse me, all this violence starts to be like perpetrated against yeah. her. Right. And it's like, in a way, I mean, there's a part of me too, that, that maybe we should t- think about a little more like the way in which moving this narrative of moving from a small town to a big city is like, mm-hmm. you know, there's like a scare, like, a, Oh my God, it's so violent and right. crazy. Let me tell you right now, as someone who moved from a small town to a big city, small towns are way scarier than big cities. Yeah. I mean, I, it's hard to create like a, you know, actual idea of what that is. Cause it define it depends on what you define violence is, you right. know, because like we saw Pacey get raped habitually right. in first season in a small town, you know, yeah. like I was just living on the West side with rich people and people say there's less crime there, but I personally think stealing labor to enrich yourself is a crime. <laughs> And where would Santa Monica be without it? Yeah. Mm. So, you know, it's like all those things where it's like, well, how do you define crime? How do you define danger in these situations? Um, You know, like I said, I define things differently. (laughs) Like someone trying to get $500 to pay for childcare just seems like that seems like a community problem. That seems like the fact that rich people want to enrich themselves and not to 
just provide 500 bucks like what just give someone 500 dollars like you know like well the fact that any number of those billionaires here in the united states could solve world hunger could solve Mm -hmm. climate like could solve a lot of these issues just if they like and still be insanely rich Mm -hmm. like and none of them do it right yeah i mean it's just like I don't know, why don't we have universal preschool and childcare here or parental leave? And, you know, why don't we have just like direct cash transfer payments to people? But I mean, Um, I mean, totally. But going back to like thinking about the, the, the girls, I mean, like, cause I think like those are excellent takeaways from this episode, but also like, just thinking about like the individuality of the violence, mm-hmm. right? Yes, there's systemic violence mm-hmm. and like that plays out in a certain way in this episode, mm-hmm. but there's also just this individual violence, right? And it's not just, it's not just like this guy mugs Joey. Mm-hmm. It's like the, there's this way in which it kind of like this violence we've had to see all along, right. this violence towards Jen that like, you know, Joey now is like also inducted into that in a way. And like, we've seen it before. I mean, remember there's that serial killer guy who like, you know, in episode 113 Mm -hmm. or whatever that like, you know, takes an interest in Joey. There's like, there's been Or that Rob potentially didn't do anything to Andy because she's quote crazy. Right. You know, or she's not as hot as, you know, Jen who like well and we had to watch Rob sexually harass Joey for episodes at a time yeah exactly um you know and we've you know again seen so much sexual violence against Jen right so like this you know I was listening to Dawson's Black and they were talking about secrets and lies the episode where Rob and you know assaults Andy and they were kind of having this conversation about like well you might have the narrative that like Andy isn't hot like Jen so like would Rob go for her and like just have this very nuanced conversation about it and I I do think we're trying to dismantle this idea of like the type there is a construct of a certain kind of girl gets raped you know like oh well what was she doing why was she wearing those clothes why was she walking the streets at night like I mean that would have been the narrative about you know currently about Joey well well, why was she walking the streets at night alone 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 and you're like why can't she walk the streets at night alone yeah why is she not allowed to get $20 from the ATM without being assaulted you know um and it's about like redirecting those conversations and being like well I think what you're saying is that women are subject to violence if they are on the streets at night and that's fucked and and so like okay so walk me through this so do you want a bartender do you want people to be available to working in these jobs that are open at night Mm -hmm. (laughs) and if you do then are you creating a safe space for them to transport themselves home right you know let's like talk big picture um and then moreover i do think there's this pervasive narrative about like there being a certain type of person that gets raped you know absolutely and like from the beginning of the show we don't know why jen is there we know there's a reason but we don't know until like four episodes in right um but then it's like well of course this pretty blonde girl was sexually active yeah you know you know making all the wrong moves yeah Yeah. she's from the big city you know and like why well she was drinking right when she was raped 
Well, and we're not even going to call it rape. I mean, like, we're not even going to dignify that that's what it was. We're going to call it, you know, a consensual sexual act between, you know, at some point to 12 or a a 12 year old and someone else. Yeah. A drunk 12 year old at that. Yeah. You know. Right. So that is very fucked up. And like, you know, obviously it's troubling to see, like Catherine points out in this article, like how even Vampire Diaries, which comes after Dawson's Creek, still like though connected yeah exactly still holds on to these you know tropes and these stories while being targeted towards an audience that is girls and that is female and that is young adults well and that's interesting too because like i i spend a lot of time online reading cultural Mm -hmm. analysis and i do think that like as tropes sort of get the light shined on them Mm -hmm. they break up a little bit and Mm -hmm. we we actually talked about this a little bit in, in our halloween h2o episode about like on patreon on patreon yeah watching um you know watching a a horror movie like halloween h20 Mm -hmm. after that came after scream right right? when like these tropes were all laid out for us in a very like digestible Mm -hmm. way within the movie scream and And in a mainstream way and in a very mainstream Mm -hmm. way everyone saw that movie yeah and like and then how it sort of changed horror, right? Mm-hmm. Like you started getting people subverting those tropes. Mm-hmm. You started getting, I mean, in Halloween H2O, one of the things we were talking about is there's like, there's no final girl. A lot yeah. of people survive. Right, 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 right. Totally. You know, and like, and, and, and yet still there the are some, dies. the slut dies. So there are some tropes that remain. Mm-hmm. Kevin Williamson. I mean, mm-hmm. whoo, Kev, mm-hmm. hope you've, yeah, so it's it's definitely hard and, you know, I was recently in a conversation where someone said, "Well, she's not the type of girl to get raped." And I was like, "Back Whoa. up." I just I will not continue with this conversation until you say out loud that there isn't a type of person that gets raped. Yeah. And I will not move forward until you say that. Right. And agree with it, you know. Um and I do think that there is a problem with that. You know, we oh, sure. keep our police for what they wear, what they do. And even in this episode, whether they're on drugs or not. So right. you, so if someone's like a, you know, on meth, they, they can be raped. What? Right. <laughs> what? Let's, <laughs> excuse me? <laughs> like, can't we just, like, it, for as much black and white thinking we have, can't we just create a black and white of like, nope. Don't That's violate right. someone. <laughs> right, right. You know, there is no case in which this is okay. Right. Or like, oh, you're married to him, so it's okay. Or no. like, yeah. Or them, and I you think, know? I mean, I do think that in some ways we are moving to that. And it's why, like, when people are like, I don't know, is this going too far? Like, I'm never going to say yes. Like, no. me too, or whatever. Like, you know, whatever narrative that is. Mm-hmm. I'm like, never going to say yes. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. it's not. Yeah. It's definitely not. Totally. And and that's why. Right. Right. Because like. It's like, did you watch White Lotus? No. Okay. Well, one of the jokes, you know, because it's all satire, is Connie Britton talking about her son, who's a white man. And she's like, it's just so hard for white men these days. <laughs> you know, they can't, you know, it's, yeah. he's going to have a hard time finding a job and like stuff like that. And it's just, it's fucking funny. I mean. And because I love Connie Britton. Sure. But yeah, like, you know, there is this like counter narrative like that where it's like, well, but then what are they going to do? And you're like, uh, what? Be fine as they always have been. <laughs> I mean, you know, again, this all boils down to like, there is no scarcity in education. It's all manufactured. There right. is no scarcity of jobs. It's all manufactured. There's no scarcity of money. It's all manufactured. Yeah. So like, 
you know, if you want to perpetuate this, you know, manufactured scarcity, okay, that's your journey. (laughs) But that's what we're trying (laughs) to dismantle. We're trying to say like, you know, let's end these things and let's have different conversations. If we could have more nuance and, and see, you know, find humanity and drug usage, then maybe we could expand like the ways in which we tackle that, you know, yes, it's like even within the unhoused population of LA, if someone says they're, they quote, they are refusing services, like, well, then the services don't work anymore. And we need new services. Right. And it's like, you know, yes, like, on that circumstance, like, yeah, it's a complicated issue. Mm-hmm. So like, it requires a complicated sure. solution. Yeah, and more than one. It's like we put someone on the moon, and you're telling me we can't solve these issues. Right? Like you Fuck know, it's shit. like whatever. Don't tell me Democrats are American first. Like we think we're the greatest country too. So like yeah. whatever. Like yeah. we can solve these things. Yeah. Um. It just talk. It's just all about believing that we can do well, it. Well, it's all about saying like this is where we're going to put our resources, and this is where we're going to put our time and energy into that, and not into we're, we're going to put defense. it into all of them yeah you yeah. know um whatever it's a you know it's yeah. super interesting and fascinating but i think this episode does highlight how like joey has now transitioned into being like the unrapeable girl well and the protagonist sorry will you will you reread the second part of that thing the that part, you read yeah um on Gossip Girl's predecessor, Dawson's Creek, there was a plot line where when Dawson offered to pay for his love interest, Joey's college tuition, she turned him down while tearfully admitting she had lost her virginity to someone else. The implication was that Dawson was trying to buy something no longer for sale, and it would have been romantic if he had succeeded. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we've spoken a lot about that, but like... I think the way that that is phrased is really good. Mm -hmm. And I think that like that, that part of it, that like there was somehow a transaction to be had about Joey's virginity. Yeah. That's the way I felt at the time when it first aired, it was so fucked up. I know. I remember it. I remember being like so fucked up because like, and like, I, I feel differently now. I remember that being one of the things that like, I kind of changed my mind about just in the sense that like, I remember it being like Dawson so fucked up but now I think it's the show being so fucked up you know but like yeah that it was like she felt like she had to say that she wasn't a virgin in order to get this money when like I felt like they were mutually exclusive he got this money for free right just by happenstance and he was like you know what I want to give it to you I want to help you yeah and then it became about her virginity for like a number of reasons right um I I do think this framing is is good because like that's how we felt at the time where it was like oh this is no this transaction is no longer available right and I'm crying as I tell you right but if it had been wouldn't have been so romantic that you paid for my college and then i like fulfilled this like you yeah this i guess pact that we had off screen (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know um yeah so that's fucking dark um yeah yeah. actually yeah i I know or i like read constant grady a lot she's yeah i feel like i might Um, too yeah um, so thank you, Catherine, for saying yeah, that in. And you. this is from our listener corner. Yeah. This is from Carly. I discovered your podcast this August after the most devastating breakup of my life. And I just want to say thanks. Your podcast in so many ways has brought so much joy and enrichment to my life. And I seriously can't count the amount of times I've begun a sentence with the phrase, 
on my Dawson's Creek podcast <laughs> they were talking about. And I love it. <laughs> the random shit you talk about always seems to come up in conversation. And most, but most importantly, when I listen to your podcast, I don't feel alone. You literally have no idea who I am, yet the two of you keep me company throughout my whole day. So I just want to let you know that you're positively impacting my life on the daily and listening to two strong women make me feel more empowered as I embark on this new, challenging, yet exciting chapter in my life. P.S. Fuck the patriarchy. Keep being mean to Dawson. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Um, Wow. That's wow. Um, well, first of all, breakups are the worst. Yes. No matter if they're necessary or not. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they are. And, yeah. and so like, just keep on keeping on and keep mm-hmm. being strong. And, you know, um, it sucks and it's painful. Yes. Uh, yes. No matter, no matter what. Um, Without a doubt. And um, so thank you. And thank you for, for saying that. I mean, I think for us, you know, um, or I'll just speak for myself. How about? <laughs> I think for me, like, I mean, hearing y'all say, you know, like connect with us and say things like that is like, it's, I mean, it's very sweet and it's very heartwarming and like, I don't take that lightly at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like knowing that you're in communication with us. Like we think about you when mm-hmm. we're watching these episodes and we think about you guys when we're like, even when we're just chatting about the show and or chatting about like the podcast and like what right. we're doing and like are talking about, you know, like the business that we have to do of right. the podcast, like, mm-hmm. you know, like you guys are definitely like we do it for you guys. I mean, we have fun doing it, but like mm-hmm. the fact that you've reacted the way that you have, I think is what keeps us going. Right. It's a codependent relationship. <laughs> yeah. Not in a bad way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, you know, I mean, even like we were talking about like the doldrums of season four mm-hmm. and like where we were just like, oh, my God, we don't want to do this. Not go on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we were like, OK, we got it. We just got to get through mm-hmm. it. We got to get through it. And like just knowing you guys were like going to interact with us and kind of react to some of this. And even in season five, where I know like a lot of you guys, you know, they're not the they're not the primo episodes, even though we've been having fun. I mean, not this episode. Right. This is a terrible. Yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. But like for the most part, we've been having fun in season five. Like we know you guys like they're not your favorites, but mm-hmm. like just being able to interact with you and like talk to you guys about it. It's, it's really great. So I'm glad that we can like provide a little bit of comfort to you in your day. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that like, you know, we're talking about things that do come up and, um, and I'm glad that like, I don't know. I'm glad that you're enjoying it. I mean, I think like entertainment is really um, important. Yeah. And I I just have always maintained that we should be talking about like issues with any conversation, you know, like there's a way in which to always make it whatever your experience and what you're living about talking about how we can make the world a better place, how Mm -hmm. we can, you know, obviously fuck the patriarchy dismantle white supremacy defund the police so you know a lot of these things that like are you know very abstract and so um still being worked out in terms of like how that could happen um and i i believe in symposium i believe in discussion i believe in understanding so like you know i've always felt like 
like I haven't really been nervous in my life growing up about like being ashamed of things I liked. So that is like unique to my experience, but it's just because like you can take away any experience from the things you like, you know, Mm -hmm. like we can watch this show and totally love it and be like, why are they doing this? And, and have conversations about that and how we can, you know, like create the framework for discussion about larger things because like, I personally think it's part of my practice to just constantly be connecting and discussing people about these things so we can create the tools and the discussion points and Mm -hmm. the dialogue of how to, you know, interact with dissidents and how you can, you know, come at your parents that say things (laughs) that are like, (laughs) okay, really, (laughs) you know? Um, and I, I just personally think that's a very important, um, and it's something that I do in my personal life because it is important to me. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you know, with this podcast, it wouldn't have been any different. You know, I now know that's not everyone's experience, which is fine. But I, I like that how people are being able to connect that and like create dialogues within their own communities and have those dialogues grow and change unique to their own communities in sure. a way in which like I don't understand, you know. Like I traveled the whole U.S. this year and there are just like so many things that people face that are unique and different to their community that we don't face here. Right. And they, you know, like vice versa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's like one of the complicated things of having a landmass so bu- big that's being controlled you know, in a very corrupt way, um, mm-hmm. via the electoral college or via like the current state of the government that we have now with minority rule, you know? Um, and so that's amazing. And like, as we start to take up space and grow the conversation and come up with our own unique talking points, that's how systemic change happens mm-hmm. in my opinion, you know, and then, you know, thank you so much for sharing a, with, um, us about your breakup. Like, we we actually do get some emails about this a lot, which like it feels overwhelming. At yeah, times. Yeah, cool. So you're like, oh my god, like you know, yeah. I'm a pretty sensitive person, so I'm like, oh god, I feel for you. That's so hard, yeah. you know. Um, but I'm so grateful that we've like created this space for everyone. And like yeah. again, you know, we talked to um, Gabby and Zoe from Dawson's Creep. So like, there is so many Dawson's Creep podcasts out there, which is amazing too to know that like if you love this show, you can find a home, you know, yeah. and I want everyone to be able to find a home ev- anywhere, yeah, like yeah, yeah. broadly, you know? So I love that, like that we can create this space in this community and these connections, you know, either within us or like within, you know, people can find that in a different Dawson's Creek podcast because like we're in a very lonely time right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think we're going to come, you know, soon to a very real crisis of loneliness because mm-hmm. we, you know, a lot of people are alone. Yeah. And, and our, can't see people like they used to be able to. Yeah, and, yeah. exactly. And our whole, and a lot of people lost someone, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and our whole system and way of life changed, you know, for some people small, but that's still a change. And for some people large, and that's so hard, yeah. you know, and that's so difficult. So, you know, while it feels dark to think about like the metaverse and like <laughs> online spaces, you know, I want to hope and, you know, think of these positive ways in which these spaces can exist and help people. Um, so, yeah, we're rooting for you yeah. really in, in these next chapters and phases in your life for sure. Yeah. You know, um, breakups are hard, but we always we survive. 
we keep going, man. We always do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and you know, thank you for that. And yeah. Thank you everyone for being here. Definitely. And making space with us. And you know, we're all sin- all of us that's listening right now is sending you a big hug and anyone who's going through something really tough, we're, we're just here for you, you know, making space with you and like hugging yeah. you, even if we don't uniquely know it. Um, and hopefully we can just give you a little distraction from some of that stuff sometimes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And value what you value. Yeah. You know, if you love Dawson's Creek, we do too. Like, yeah. that's so amazing. And like, don't, you know, like trying to dismantle a lot of shame that um, society puts on us. Mm. So, you know, that's why we're here, like doing that. Um, so yeah, just, we're so glad to be here with y'all making space with you and, you know, creating the dialogue and the better <laughs> world, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a wild time to be alive. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very tough time to be alive. And, you know, it, we're struggling, <laughs> but we're here mm-hmm. living, making it, yep. um, hoping for better things to come, you know? Yeah. I mean, at the end of this episode, we might as well just say, like, can we get free childcare? Please. Can we just, like, give people money? Please. <laughs> you know, can we get, like, can we just make it easier to be a parent in America? Like, I fundamentally will not listen to anyone who is anti-choice that is against these things. Right. Because, like, literally the data will tell you free birth control and helping new mothers out will decrease the amount of abortion. A hundred percent. You know what doesn't decrease it? Banning abortion. Yeah. Just like straight up. Like that yeah. that's fool's logic. <laughs> well, yeah, it's not logic, but well, because you're a fool. That's what's called <laughs> right, fool's right, logic, right, know. you know. No, totally. Um, you're falling for weird rhetoric that just doesn't make sense and right. like come on. So yeah, that's wild and we're entering in some weirdo logic that i just will not Mm. get involved in but yeah we hope you all are getting vaccinated getting your boosters you know i hope you consider getting your children vaccinated you know if if you have them i know it's it's complicated for kids it's very hard (laughs) um but we hope you consider it um i'm not gonna tell you how to parent though (laughs) i'm definitely not going to not gonna do that yeah um but just from our side from where we are just like we hope you consider it yeah um yeah and defund the police black lives matter um stop asian hate honor our treaties water is life we stand with all labor unions that protect the rights of the working class police unions are not labor unions they do not support working class in fact they work against them Mm. um so you can find us on instagram and twitter at dawson's critique you can email us dawson's critique at gmail.com uh we want to shout our boy kilia for making our theme song you can find him on instagram at go freaking crazy uh, you can follow my finsta at aaron.hensley. We have merch. We've got some cute stuff up right there. Mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. going to put some more up too. Cool. Um, bit.ly slash Dawson's Critique. Uh, we have a Patreon. We're having a lot of fun over there. So yeah. come join us over there. Um, Patreon.com slash Dawson's Critique. And as always, you can order our book, I Remember Everything, Life Lessons from Dawson's Creek. I guess get those orders in soon because of the supply chain. Actually, no, those are already here. They're already here. So that doesn't matter. There's no supply chain issue there. For that one. Yeah, for that one. <laughs> so that's good news for yeah, you. Yeah, good news for if you. If you're facing supply chain issues, our book 
yeah buy it for your friends (laughs) available wherever you get your books let's shout out to the writer's block in uh, las vegas nevada Mm. which is a great um, bookstore that i made aaron go into once (laughs) nice yeah yeah, yeah, totally yeah and um please like a subscribe write a review wherever it is you get your podcasts um thank you so much to those of you who have we really appreciate it helps us out immensely when you do that um you can find me online on twitter and instagram at pesty 1079 uh we'd like to thank you for being with us here today we're so sorry that this episode is so bad we didn't write it but um i'm not gonna apologize i'm apologizing (laughs) i had nothing to do with it but like i feel like someone someone needs to be apologizing for it (laughs) my god man (laughs) anyway take care of yourselves have a good week we love you and we'll see you next week why do birds suddenly appear every time you are near just like me they long to be close to you why do stars fall out from the sky